In a world full of stereotypes of what women should be, I help break down these barriers. Knowing that even the most confident of women has an inner dialogue that needs to be quietened down, this is the Real Women series. I am your host, Michelle Ashby, life and business coach and personal trainer. I speak with women from all walks of life about their journey, their challenges, and what helps them to show up just as they are. Well, welcome, Mary and Lucy. Thank you so much for joining me on the Real Women series. It's a real pleasure to have both of you here today. It would be really great if you could each introduce yourself and give us a bit of a backstory to who you are and why you're here, and then we can move forward in the conversation. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you so much for having us. We've been really excited about being here with you. Um, my name's Lucy Hillier. I'm co-founder of the Women in Business Book Club. I'm born and bred in a little countryside village, um, but I always had huge aspirations to move to the big city, move across the country and the world. And I've been lucky enough to live in London, the US and South Africa. But now I'm back in my little sleepy hometown and couldn't be happier. Um, I'm one of three siblings. I'm a dog mama. Uh, I'm an auntie to four from an extremely close family. Um, I'm now working for a global tech company after a lengthy career in sales and media. Um, and, and thoroughly enjoying it. Really glad I made the move. Um, I've been really, really fortunate to kind of come from a really supportive and, you know, um, hardworking family that have always kind of really encouraged, you know, going for where you want to go in your career and pushing yourself and kind of really emboldening yourself to pursue your dreams. And so um, I've kind of always been on that pathway and, and really feeling like this is the, the year that my career is excelling. Um, but I have always kind of struggled with a lot of self-belief and self-doubt. So I'm working on that a lot at the moment. And that's where kind of our business has come from. And why I was so excited to join you today to talk on um, on your podcast. So that's me. And I'll hand over to Mary. You can introduce herself. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having us. I know we've been excited to do this for a while. I'm glad we finally managed to align schedules and calendars and busy lives. Um, so my name is Mary Ball. Um, I am Lucy's business partner and the other co-founder of the Women in Business uh, Book Club. I have, uh, if you detect an accent, it's because I am not English. Uh, born and bred in South Africa, moved here when I was 19. Um, I have, uh, I, I kind of, I think I was living in quite a small, uh, opposite of Lou actually, Lucy, uh, living in a small sleepy village in South Africa and when I was 19, just decided I wanted the big, bright city life and uh, moved to London. So here I am. I now work for an LA-based uh, tech company and I head up the UK business. Um, I have one brother who lives here and actually him and his fiance live two floors above me in the same apartment block. Uh, South Africans move in herds. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so true. Um, yeah, and I mean, just, you know, a little bit about sort of me as a whole is kind of grew up in South Africa, as I mentioned, grew up on, on pretty modest means, uh, very tight-knit family. Um, my parents kind of sacrificed far more for us than I think I realized at the time. Um, I remember specifically sort of someone asking me when I was younger what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I was probably about 16 at the time I answered this, and I remember my answer was uh, 
being uh, not poor. That was the way I responded to that question. So uh, I kind of started, started my journey from there and started working out who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to make money. And it's been a long journey and, you know, there's still definitely a long way to go, but I am pretty pumped about where I am now and, and what the future looks like. And uh, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all rosy. Oh, so many questions that I could think of already just from your introductions. <laughs> I mean, some of them more personal than others that I wouldn't expect, you know. I want to know exactly where this sleepy town is. and <laughs> But I would love for you to share with us a bit more about your business. I know both of you have said that you've obviously got full-time um, professional careers, but I would love to know a bit more about your business that you started together and its mission really. Yeah, so um, the Women in Business Book Club has kind of been a bit of a love child for us, kind of subconsciously for a long time. And Mary and I have been friends for a fair few years now and we've kind of always been the pair that end up wherever we are or whatever we're doing we end up kind of huddled talking about books that we're reading or courses that we've taken or aspirations that we have or we kind of really get into the whole deep and meaningful without even you know we'll sit there and have dinner and before you know it we're five hours in three bottles of wine and <laughs> we're planning on what we're doing next and we always kind of love sharing with each other what we're up to at the moment and helping each other um sharing the knowledge really so we've always kind of really ticked along so nicely because the strengths that mary has might be my weaker spots and vice versa and we kind of really lean on each other to to fill those gaps um and it really was born from a place of having it literally was a text message conversation where we were yet again sharing another book and um, i had um just read and said to mary you're going to enjoy this and she said i'm busy doing this course you're going to love that and mary just joked saying you know we need to start a book club and we were like hang on, we actually do, you know, this is, there's something in it because we felt so strongly about the relationship that we had with each other, that if everybody had that person to lean on and grow with, you know, how much could be achieved. Um, and mm. so it kind of really just grew from there. And this was all during obviously the, the pandemic. This was, I think we really started talking seriously about it at the very end of December and then beginning of January. So we've, we've done everything remotely. We didn't see each other once during the, the portion of actually growing the business, building the website, pulling our mission together. Um, we actually only saw each other, I think last weekend or the weekend before. Um, yeah. And so it really grew from there and we just kind of developed, we kind of decided we wanted to develop this hub for women um, to really come together and be able to be each other's Mary and Lucy, I guess. Um, oh. maybe a bit more detail about it if you want <laughs> I would love to know more I love that to be each other's Mary and Lucy and it takes time I think to to find a Mary and Lucy and I think mm. as you and this is only from my personal experience and that I've seen of other people is that you do have friends that you grow up with but then as you grow and evolve yourself professionally personally there's only certain people that come with you along that journey. And usually you might find one or two people that, that you mm. can go on that journey with. And I don't know how it is for you two, but I've certainly got two really close friends that live in completely different parts of the world. Um, and it's almost like we're both on similar parts of a journey, albeit it might look quite different, 
but mm. you're going through the same sort of things and it's quite strange and weird at times that you think oh that's really weird that you're you would be experiencing that and you're in LA and I'm here um and I think it's a really special mm. thing and if you can encourage other people that maybe don't have that because we're not all fortunate to have that person so yeah it would be great to understand a bit more about the purpose of the business and what people can expect <clears throat> to see from you both yeah, so I think, um, you know, as, as Lucy mentioned, kind of we were chatting and, and we realized how much value we got out of our own relationship kind of running on that, on that level and running parallel. Um, and I think that the biggest thing that we realized and, and we continue to realize, and, you know, we're just in the beginning of this journey. We're just in the beginning of building this empire. Um, and one of the, thing that, the things that really drives me, motivates me, you know, makes me wake up in the morning excited to manage my team and work with colleagues is that you can't you can't fake appetite you can't fake ambition like either you have it or you don't either you want to learn and you want to grow or you you're kind of happy happy being where you are and that's fine absolutely fine there are some people ambition lies in different things it sits in different buckets it has different faces um but i think with women and with women in business um that shared desire to learn and you know lucy and i were swapping logins for courses and sharing like notes and and all of the like it just it just got bigger and bigger and, and it just grew and grew into this this place where we thought we owed it to we owed it to our sort of community and creating like that grassroots mentality of imagine if there were if there were kids coming out of uni and they were 19 and imagine if we could just foster them and let them know no, no, it's okay to stand up. It's okay to speak. It's okay to fumble over words. It's okay to look like, you know, an idiot in front of people in a meeting. Like it's okay to do this stuff because it's all part of learning and refining yourself in business. Um, you know, and we have, so we created this, this book club in January and we kind of had a vision for it. And I think um, it's already changed and it's already evolved so much since our initial conversation where, it was about a book club and it was about creating a community and now we're focused more on like we've listened to people within our network and we've listened we've done surveys and we've had meetings and we've and we're starting to understand and sort of refine what the ask is a little bit more about what people want so we have people who have gone to like harvard university and we have people that are in their final year of graduating uni and leave so there's such a vast there's such a variety of business acumen and skills and learning ability um, and education within the existing network that that's kind of what's fueling Lucy and I to say how can we add value what does that person need or that group of people need what sort of articles do we need to write what experts can we collaborate with to get more information available and ready to empower these women and yeah, it's just, it's kind of grown into such a, a beautiful budding beast, I think. And I mean, just one, one quick story about when we had our first Zoom meeting. And, um, and there were about 15 people on our first call, uh, which was great. Like, I know Lucy and I were pretty excited about that to start with. <laughs> um, and one of the things which really stood out to me, and, and Lucy, I, I know, I don't know, you might have your own kind of special moments about that specific call, but this was a moment where I felt in my bones that we were doing the right thing is that all the, the cameras were up and a lot of people didn't have their actual cameras on. They just had like their little initial or whatever the case may be. And 
Um, and, I, you know, Lucy and I announced, look, we will be recording. So if you're not comfortable, let me know. And, you know, we'll deal with, we'll just turn your camera off. Um, and then I kind of said, but before we do that, let's like bear in mind that we're here to build each other up. We're here to build confidence. So I encourage you to put your camera on, look at, into the faces of each other, like look at one another, look at each other, smile and talk. And, and then slowly, like all these little cameras started popping up. And it was just such a, it was such a moment where you could see that some of the girls were definitely uncomfortable or like someone had put a ponytail in and they didn't have makeup on and it took a lot for them to commit to just doing that simple act but by the end of that conversation people were laughing you know we had people raising hands and, and asking questions and integrating with one another it was a really special moment and that kind of really sort of validated why this is such an important project that's brilliant and the fact that people found that space, a safe space to turn on their cameras, even if they weren't dressed and ready for the occasion. And I think mm. all too often, especially since the pandemic, it's so easy to hide behind a screen and not so make easy, that yeah. human connection. And I think we're missing out on so much by not having that human connection. And you providing that space for people to show up just as they are i just love it absolutely like i love it and so from that there's both of you when you have talked you've talked about i mean i've written something down that you said like you can't fake ambition you can't fake appetite and it resonates hugely with me because I've always loved to learn, not at school, just to make that clear. Mm. wasn't huge on that. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> I just would prefer to talk. Um, but so, as I got older, I've, oh, I just lap it up like podcasts and mm -hmm. training courses, especially off people that really inspire you. So I wasn't ac academic, but you put a, a empowering woman that's got something really positive to say or wants to share how she's built her business you know, or overcome something in life for me all of those courses are so important but you've both really talked about learning a lot and that's something that you believe is key why for you is that so important that you keep learning, that you keep growing so much so that you've created a business that allows others to do the same? Why is that so important? I think we're so passionate about it because it's something that we've kind of only in recent years looked back and realized that we've been doing subconsciously. We've kind of not really been um, consciously walking around thinking I must personally progress I must progress in my career I must have some growth within my you know confidence etc it's kind of when you you have some defining moments in your life which you know happens to just be sort of in our early early to mid 30s and you kind of look back and say wow I have done such a huge amount of learning in the last few years without even realizing it and that's where the greatest stories have come from my greatest knowledge my at times most painful moments but the moments that have defined and changed us that we felt so passionately about sharing that and you know we're we're the first to say with the book club that and I think Mary just to talk about your point where you said all the cameras clicked on that was kind of the moment for me that was sort of the wow this isn't just a book club this is a networking community 
where we want to have one space where women can come and read a blog and really relate on a personal and emotional level but also go and grab an article that actually drives them to make a change in their career or develop themselves in a really kind of tangible way um, and I think you know we've just realized that we want to be that place where people can come and don't have any fear of kind of judgment or messing up or making mistakes we're the first to say we do not know everything that's why we're bringing mm. you all together because what you know we don't and we might have an experience that we've grown from but we've just realized um myself very much so in the last kind of two years that the learning that i have done you you can't kind of teach this stuff this isn't this isn't stuff that you learn like you said at school i wasn't academic either i didn't love school mm. um this is this is stuff that only will you realize when you do it in an organic environment with people that have been through similar experiences and different experiences to share with you and i kind of feel that's why we're so passionate about learning because to continue to grow as a person is where you're going to evolve and develop and and, and learn who you are you're going to find out who you are on this journey and you're going to fall in love with yourself which is probably the most important thing because we're always you know the last starting in your early 20s you're kind of ingrained in thinking you must get a job and then you must find a partner settle down with them you must have children you must get the house you must do this and you kind of lose yourself along the way and we're just really passionate about kind of allowing people to find out who they are and to continue to learn and grow in themselves so that they can start to fall in love with themselves again oh, love it love it so you know that i'm really passionate about being true to yourself, being authentic. And actually on my website, one of the first things that you will see is authenticity is a journey of self-discovery. So I want to throw it right back at both of you. What does authenticity mean to you? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a big question, isn't it? Because I think again, it depends on... Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> It's a, you know, it, 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 again, it depends on sort of how you come at, at it. But my personal view on authenticity is, is kind of, it's finding a way to, to, to be comfortable with yourself, warts and all, and accepting that that spectrum of human emotion, that spectrum of physicality is all part of the spectrum of being human and alive and finding a way to not only be comfortable with it, but also, you know, be proud of it and be excited about who you are. And I understand that that's an unbelievably large undertaking. And I think everybody to some way, shape or form has got damage, right? All of us have got like a little broken window or maybe a cracked garage door. All of us have some form of baggage. Um, so I think, I think authenticity can mean a very different thing to another person. Um, but I mean, for me, my personal like road down sort of towards authenticity is, is that I started, and again, this process, like I'll forever, I've loved Lucy to bits for years anyway, and she's been a rich, one of my best friends, but the process with her has been life changing for me because in starting this business and in trying to hone this, this community, this network of women. I've been forced to ask myself questions that I probably should have asked myself 10 years ago, but you don't, it's not often that you sit down and actually invest that time with yourself. Like 
you know, you'll spend two months planning a vacation, but God forbid you spend the same period of time, you know, getting to know yourself or mapping your own career or mapping your own faults and looking at where you need to develop and spending the time, you know, figuring out how to make up those deficits and study and where do you, who can you lean on who will help you develop where you are weaker, which is again, kind of looping back to what Lucy said earlier, where the two of us just complement each other so well. And we were like, she is like my biggest fan and vice versa. Like if she's having a terrible day, she'll phone me. And there've been plenty of times where I've called her in tears and we just, we just build each other up and it's not, you know, with fluff and, you know, pizzazz, it's just general, like, okay, what do you, what do you need right now? What is the problem? Like, how can we solve it? Like, and it's just looking, it's just, it's asking the right questions. It's kind of getting down to where the damage is, what is stopping you from feeling happy with yourself and trying to deal with that. Um, you know, I mean, I could talk about this for ages and I'll, I'll shut up soon, but the, it's like the imposter syndrome, it kind of all bleeds into the same thing, right? Like authenticity, to feel authentic first, you have to deal with the imposter syndrome in yourself. Like, why do you not feel good enough to feel authentic? Why do you not feel good enough to stand up and speak? Because if you were truly happy with yourself, you wouldn't have an issue sticking your hand up in the middle of a room and asking a question because you would feel validated that that question was something that, you know, was founded or, or was a realistic, you know, question to ask in that moment. But because you don't feel confident in yourself or you don't feel like, I don't know, your voice is validated. Um, I realize I've gone off on a bit of a tangent here, but, but the, that's why I think, I mean, authenticity could mean a very different thing to a, a variety of people, depending on what their sort of internal battles are. 100%. And I think it's, it's really good that you point that out, that what authenticity means to one person will be different to the person sat next to them. And actually that in itself is being authentic because none of us are the same. Yeah. And so going on from that, and I don't mind if Mary, you want to continue or, or Lucy, you want to jump in or, or maybe both of you answer this question. I'm interested to know on a really basic level, what sort of things do you do on a daily basis just to make sure you are being true to yourself? So are there any... I don't know, are there any rituals or routines or are there any points in the day or things you say to yourself in your head just that you can share with anyone that's listening that might be at the beginning of this journey? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I actually, when I said that I'd had a long career in media, I actually worked for a psychic TV show. Oh. And so over that period <laughs> of time, you know, look, there's lots of different thoughts on that. That's a whole different podcast. However, um, what I I did learn quite a few things from being around very spiritual people. Um, and I do kind of have my own little things that I do to, um, to talk myself, you know, through a day sometimes and, and little things actually that Mary has taught me. Um, I write on my mirrors so I write myself little notes on the mirror so that when you get up, the first thing you see is something super positive because I think it's really easy um, to let self-doubt and, and those sorts of things eat at you and you just then seal the negatives automatically. So I think it's really important to surround yourself with positive affirmations, quotes. Um, I love a quote. Um, 
but I've, I've been very lucky to be brought up around some really inspirational people. And my godfather, he was, he was quite spiritual himself. And he used to kind of say a fair few things to me that I think back a lot on during the days if I'm having a tough day. Um, he said to me once, you know, if you're all in a room and we all put all of our baggage and issues into a, a dustbin bag and put it into the middle and then found out what everyone else's were, I guarantee you'd go and pick your own bag back up. Mm. I kind of, for me, when I'm having a tough day where I need to remind myself of who I am, I think back to a lot of the things that he said and a lot of the things that my dad taught me. And I remember where I came from. And I think that helps me to be authentic because then I think, you know, I've got this far. I'm obviously not mm. doing too badly being who I am. Um, and I, I kind of relay a lot of situations back to myself as well. And I think being authentic for me, it's really important to kind of lean into yourself and just surrender to who you are because it's so incredibly draining trying to be someone else. And I have done that for years. I've tried to be the funny one or you try to be the one that is, I've always been one where, like Mary said, we've all got our own damage. I make kind of light and joke of it all. And I've kind of tried to be the one that, oh, she, you know, laughs about her trauma and that's how she handles it. And it's so draining. And the times where I actually just think, oh, right, sod it. I'm just going to be me. And I come away smiling the most and feeling the happiest. So for me, a lot of the time when I'm struggling with being authentic, I do just sit and kind of think back to the times that I've, felt proud of myself and give myself that little pep talk because you need to remember where you came from to, to give yourself that boost to say, you've got this, you know, it's, you got through your worst day. You're okay. So you have like looking back, <laughs> looking back at like the way that you obviously, I, I know that anyone listening to this won't have a sense of reference yet, but looking back at like how you used to get impacted by certain situations or how personally you used to take certain things that were beyond your control. Um, you know, and when you see friends hurting from their own behavior or like someone in the past has made them not feel good enough. Like that, I get like vehemently protective when I see that happening. Um, but lose like you've in the last sort of year, it's been a complete transformation of like, you, like you can see when someone just goes, this is who I am and this is cool. I am cool with that. And, and it's, it's been, it's been incredible to watch. Thank you. And I'm still not there yet. My, like, you know, this is one of the main things we, we talk about in the, in the book club is that we do not have all the answers. We are still working on it. But I think the most important thing to remember it when you're trying to show up authentically and try to to carry on is to not weirdly not overthink it and not keep challenging mm. it because the more that you do that you're not being authentic you know you're kind of thinking how should I be in this situation how should I do this when you let go and, and just re release and just lean into who you are sometimes it's just the nicest experience and you have the most fun times you get the most done you're the most creative um, and you just kind of at the end of the day, it's quite nice when you sometimes go, oh, I actually did quite good today. I quite liked who I was. <laughs> yeah. And you, you say something there, um, you know, you, you've referred to it a few times that you, you don't know everything and you made a comment there saying, you know, I'm not there yet, but I think this whole thing, whether you call it life or whatever, none of us are ever there. 
you can only mm. because every situation we enter is different every day and our energy and how we're feeling about ourselves is different and all we can do is as you say lean into it as much as we can every single day and it's trying as you say to not overthink a situation and I think so many of us whether we've overthought the situation in anticipation before or whether we've left the situation and replayed the whole scenario back in our head and thought should I have said that what did that person think when I did say that and actually mm. that for me all encompassing is where we're not being true to ourselves, because actually I have learned yes be polite you know all, all of those things that you're taught but actually come as you are because that's all you can do and it's really interesting Lucy that you, you know you, you've said oh you sort of realize oh you know I, I quite liked who I was today you know a really small moment for me I think it was at the beginning of lockdown when we all had to come on video and we all had to do that and you know I had to take some of my I had to record for the first time a lot of videos and I remember for the first time ever watching myself back and going oh she seems she seems an all right person maybe I would want to be her friend rather than oh god look at my face what doesn't my voice sound terrible I didn't even know I sounded like that mm. and it was the first little aha moment of going oh my god I have made progress to accepting myself and it's I think people are waiting for this big grand finale as such and it's not it's a it's just those small incremental things each day Mary celebrating the small wins yeah yeah and Mary for you what do you try to do each day just to ensure that you're trying to remain true to you so I, uh, I am the polar opposite to Lucy okay. um, in this specific, in this specific uh, scenario because I am like, I am painfully structured to the point where um, I, I, I can easily overwhelm myself because I get involved in too many things. And you, like you were saying earlier, um, as you get older, you just have this insatiable thirst to learn. Um, you know, so I'll sign up for a course and then I'll sign up for a marathon and then I'm, you know, running a country for a tech company and then Lucy and I launch a, bo a book club, a business. And, you know, there are moments where um, my biggest sort of my Achilles heel is balance. And it's always been balance. I have spoken to more therapists than Lucy has magazines on her table over the years trying to figure out the way to get balance. So what i do now is i am i try to structure my time but always with that balance in mind so you know if i wake up in the morning and i'm having a crappy mental health day and i just want to stay in bed and i don't want to talk to anyone and my job is obviously the face of the business and i have a team to run and i deal with colleagues in la and you know you you kind of have to be susie sunshine a lot of the time when you you're in these roles um and so I find that I just deal with things in very small increments. So if I start getting overwhelmed, like that famous saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I just deal with little incremental things and I celebrate the win and then I move on to the next thing. And before you know it, the day is over, you've done everything to the best of your ability and you're like, okay, go have a bath, 
have a cup of tea, you've done good, get into bed, chill out, tomorrow's another day. I love that. And actually the podcast I filmed last week, which was on a very different topic, but she talked about a very big life experience that the trauma of it was really overwhelming. And I, I asked her, like, how did you actually deal with that? And she said, I took it day by day. And then when it became too much, I took it hour by hour. And then when it was really tough, breath by breath. And yeah. I think that that is exactly what you're saying there is that to stay true to yourself, it's just, okay, what are we doing next? What's the mm. next thing? As opposed to thinking, oh my God. Because if my you day overwhelm is... yourself, yeah, as soon as you as soon as you let those feelings compound, you're done. Like you to try and rein yourself back in and to calm yourself down and to focus on what you need to do, that then becomes the biggest task of your day. And it shouldn't, right? Like you should find, I mean, for me personally, and I'm also the hardest person on myself. Like I am very ambitious, but I don't leave a lot of room for error. <laughs> Lucy's smiling quietly. <laughs> but I mean, she luckily, I mean, Lucy's, Lucy works to an unbelievable standard, but I, I know there've been times where Lucy's kind of said to me, just, just take a breath, just take a beat. Like it's going to be okay. And you know, like Lucy and I travel together. We, we just, we will go to Barcelona for um, a long weekend and we'll do stuff that is not structured. And I think she kind of does that to give me a break, like to ensure that I calm down. Like she'll say, right, we're getting on a, 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 like a hop on an off bus tour. And then we're going to just stop somewhere and, and have a glass of wine wherever we want. And that to me is like when somebody else takes the wheel, when somebody else is driving or when I don't have all that structure, that to me is when I exhale. I'm like, okay. And then I unwind because that's just the way I'm built. And I feel like the more I get successful with work, the more structured you have to be. So I find I'm constantly kind of, on that tightrope of balance where you've got the the learning, the discipline, the excellence, the execution that all comes in one bucket. But then you have the, you know, I need to find time for friends. I need to sit in the bath for two hours and read a book. Like you, all these little things that you need to start prioritizing as well. And it's, it's hard. It's really hard. It is. It is. And I've, you know, I've heard balance, a really great description for balance is that I think we all think it's walking along a tightrope and trying to schedule and fit everything in and it is staying on that tightrope and then as soon as one thing falls actually we we kind of usually come crashing down as opposed mm. to just falling one step down and that's the overwhelm and I think certainly for me what I've learned in life about balance is I don't know if there really is such thing as balance. I just think life ebbs and flows. And I think sometimes mm. we're incredibly busy at work and we have to sort of roll with the punches of if we're up against a deadline, we need to kind of complete that deadline. And then there's other times where there's a bit more space or we have a Lucy in our life that just takes us on a bus tour and makes us get off and, you know, have wine. Thank God for that's the Lucy. not blind. <laughs> yeah, but, but maybe I think perhaps that's why it does work for you because... Mm. And I guess that goes right back to where we came from in the beginning is, you know, one of the purposes of your book club is, is to help people find that network is to help people find. And I'm not saying that finding balance is external to you and in, it's, it lies in someone else, but sometimes mm. you probably do need that nudge of someone to say, I'll oh, just hang on, like put the laptop down, mm. go chill. 
because I think sometimes we need that check-in right to say enough is can that mm -hmm. email wait till tomorrow so leading on from that before we move into our final kind of questions how do both of you unwind and de-stress I think this is going to look quite different for both of you <laughs> Yeah, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely the fluffier one for sure um, actually I was super excited because I'm my next project for the book club is I'm creating this page um, based on everything I love to do to unwind and creating like a VIP lounge on the, the website because Mary and I have this conversation a lot about how you do unwind and what you what you should do and how we both again swap recommendations but yeah i'm definitely the fluffier one and i love a good face mask bath bit of you know really guilty pleasure tv glass of wine um i'm such a family girl though at heart that my kind of downtime is running around in the garden with my niece and nephew um and you know i just absolutely love being in that environment where again you can just be yourself 100 percent, no airs and graces downtime feet in the ground and you're just running around having fun but yeah for me i think if i had to choose what to do one evening to completely just unwind it would be having a face mask on hair mask on getting in the bath <laughs> having a nice cocktail or a glass of wine and just switching off and just not worrying about anything for that period of time but I was really bad at that for a long time and Mary it was it was actually Mary that taught me to put um, space out in my diary block out Lucy time mm. and say you know actually put that in your diary and you don't need to explain to anyone what you're doing that day you know, why can't you come out on Saturday night Lucy time don't need to answer you know I don't need mm. to say give a reason and, and feel guilty for saying it's all me but yeah that that's my heaven is just to be able to get in a bath relax have my dog at, at the side of the sofa and just chill. <laughs> very <laughs> nice very nice mary um i definitely run i run a lot um running keeps me sane i think because i i generally kind of been so hot with work and and with my sort of extra curriculars anyway running is like the only time where it's just there's no distractions you just are it's you're quiet it's in your head or you're listening to a podcast or there's some music blaring in your ears and there's just nothing else except for like the, the pure physical exercise in that moment um you know the same with with weights i've, I've basically set up like my own little home gym and I've bought like a TRX and I've got all my little bits and bobs and you know if I've had a really bad day I will put on some really loud aggressive music and I will just work out for like an hour have a hot shower and then collapse into bed that's kind of my my switch off amazing and it's great to just show that you know again it not everybody's the same we don't all have to to do the same thing and I think people do have a vision of you know self-care is selfish and it's not mm. because I, I'm a massive believer that actually if you can fill your own cup you will show up better for other people albeit work family relationships whatever it might be but as you say mm. you know it doesn't have to be the fluffy face mask hair mask you know it can be the run or the loud aggressive music and the workout and it's whatever works for that mm. individual 
So we are coming towards the end of the recording. There is one question that I ask everyone, so you both have to answer. Um, <laughs> it sounds really loaded, but it's not. Um, <laughs> I would like to know, and it, it does link back to authenticity, so I want you to have that in your mind. I really want to know, what would you tell your younger self? What advice would we you We love you? that. Yeah. We have our own little saying, don't we, Lou? Go on. With that, oh no! Well, we—that's something that we we were chatting about and kind of embraced as well because we were we were at the end of our interview. interview that we had with our guest. We said, "What's the one thing you could say, dear younger self? Like, what advice oh, would you really? have?" Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we love it. Uh, um, I need to think. So, Lucy, you go. <laughs> I, um, I think for me, um, I had a really poignant turning point in my life. Um, that kind of taught me a lot about being authentic and what I would, you know, when you sit there and think, I wish I could just do it all again to get it right. Or, you know, when you're having one of those moments. And I think um, I lost my dad two years ago and we had some really, really incredible conversations in the sort of week to two weeks leading up to his passing, um, mainly because part of, of his um, illness Became vascular dementia and you become very honest and it's it's actually quite amusing the things that come out and uh, he was incredibly honest with me about um you know my personality and how I am and one of the things he said to me was Lou just please promise me you will stop worrying about what other people think and stop fretting about what may or may not happen and I had constantly worried that the biggest disappointment to him would be that I hadn't got married, hadn't had children, hadn't had this, hadn't had... And he said, I admire you so much for how you've not conformed and how you've taken risks and chances and those rare moments when you haven't worried about what anyone would think and you've just gone for it. And I had totally got it wrong. I, all the things that I'd been worrying about that might disappoint people were the things that people admired about me. And I had no idea. And that was a massive light bulb moment for me to say, God, if I could look back and say, stop worrying about, it's the whole don't sweat the small stuff thing. And my mum always mm. says, you know, when you're looking at something, you need to look and say, is that going to matter in two weeks? Okay, if it is, we need to do something. You need to change things. Is it going to matter in two months? Okay, look, is it going to matter in five years? If we think back to some of the stuff we worried about in our early 20s, I can't remember who they were, what they were about, what the situation was. Did it, it didn't matter. So I think for me, the huge dear self moment would be stop worrying and fretting about things that may or may not happen, what other people might think, because it is such wasted energy. It really is. Amen to that. Amen, <laughs> yeah. Mary? Um, my biggest piece of advice, I mean, I have a, a couple, but I think my biggest piece of advice would be, um, and these are probably all going to sound pretty cliche, but I feel like when you finally achieve or when you finally start um, peeling back the layers of these specific things, they make a lot more sense and they resonate more. But uh, a massive thing for me was in, throughout my 20s, I constantly looked externally for happiness constantly looked externally for validation constantly looked for somebody to rescue me and all those goddamn disney films and taylor swift songs that you know someone's gonna write up and and i like 
I eventually stopped. I stopped overthinking. I stopped questioning my validity. I stopped questioning why I was allowed a seat at a table. Um, you know, I mean, metaphorically speaking, obviously. Um, <laughs> I started to enjoy my contribution to discussions, to business conversations, to relationships. To I stopped. I stopped putting myself second all the time. Um, and I mean, was I always right? Did I always have the best approach? No, probably not because, you know, I am headstrong and I can be a bit brash, but you know, was I consistently learning? Was I consistently developing, finding my authenticity? Absolutely. Um, so that's what I did. I used, I used that power to fuel my curiosity, to fuel my, my self-development, my self-love. Um, and I ensured that I'd only surround myself with people who were like-minded and people who would reward and develop that insatiable lust for life and knowledge and, you know, and just friends that made you feel like you were enough. Mm -hmm. I wish that I'd known that in my twenties. I love it. And it's such valuable, honestly, there's so much content here that people <laughs> can really learn from to go with our theme of learning, but, it's just so important, isn't it? I mean, we could have all mm. saved ourselves so much time, but again, that was our journey. We all went on our journey to be where we are now. Um, and I think sometimes at that age, perhaps we're not ready to listen. And yeah. they say, don't they, when, I can't remember the exact saying, but there is a phrase that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Oh, I was going to say youth is wasted on the young, but that's definitely a nicer approach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so, so much. Honestly, it's been such a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. If people would like to find you, the book club, where can they do that and how can they do that? So our website is www.womeninbusinessbookclub.com and all of our socials are basically at Women in Business Book Club. So we'd love you to come over to our Instagram page. It's kind of our, our main hub of, of um, content, but LinkedIn, we're very strongly, we've got a, a great force on there at the moment. We've got loads of people sharing our content and getting involved. So we'd love to have you by any mediums, but head over to the, the website and you'll be able to find all the contact details there. Fantastic. And we'll make sure that all of um, those details are included in the show notes and in the text underneath the IGTV. So thank you again, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you both. And we shall see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please rate and review us. Perhaps you know someone that would find strength from listening to this episode. I'd love you to share this with them. You can find more about my services, coaching and programs at www.michelleashby.co.uk or find me on Instagram at Mish Ashbury and on LinkedIn, Michelle Ashby.